Hello, friends and colleagues. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music, and on the podcast today, episode 121, my special guest is Alan Henderson. Alan is the executive director of the National Association of Teachers of Singing, and today we are talking about the virtual convention. Alan has all the great details about why you are going to want to register for this wonderful professional development opportunity. Now, before I welcome Alan back to the podcast, I want to mention that Full Voice Music is here to help you through this time. Please visit our free resources page and check out some of our fun resources that work very well for online lessons. And be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so you can stay up to date with all the new and exciting things coming up for teachers working online. And now, on to our podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Alan Henderson, how are you, sir? I am great. It's good to talk to you, Nikki. It's really nice to see you. And I'm very excited because, you know, we've done quite a, a couple of podcasts about everything happening right now, but this is actually a very exciting one and you've got some really good news for everybody. So I want to thank you for for coming back. And I was just looking at my notes. It was back in December when we were sh you were sharing all the exciting things that were to come. And now you're here and you're going to share even more exciting things, although be it different things. <laughs> yes, that's true. We, we uh, you know, we've all have been through a lot in the last few months, I think, oh. uh, all around the world. Yes. Not just in North America. And, uh, and it finally has come to us and... Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time weighing all of, you know, all of the ifs, ands, or buts. And uh, back in early, back, actually back in February, we started thinking, well, what if, what if scenarios, sure. things like that. And at that time, we were thinking, well, you know, the, the worst will probably be over, and maybe <laughs> we'll be the very first conference that'll be able to be, music at least, that'll be able to be back live, you know? And yep. so we kept holding out hope for that. And then as we kept moving on, we developed more what ifs. And, you know, finally, a couple of weeks ago, we really had to to decide that we were gonna make the switch to a vir virtual conference. So right. um, while there are disappointments on one end about the joy that we always experience in being together face to face as a as a singing community mm -hmm. um and so we we will lose some of that but uh, there's the added joy of being able to kind of welcome a lot more of our community uh into a, a conference experience even though it is virtual yeah. um and to you know to hear from some of the people that uh, you know, we love to hear from every conference and uh, with new topics, exciting research that's going on, lots of practical things that people present every year. Uh, and so 
I think it's going to be a, an adventure. That's that's the way we're taking it in the Nats offices. <laughs> okay, we we just switch boats. And uh, uh, my wife, when she was growing up, she, in fact, she was talking to my daughter tonight. And we were out on the back porch, and uh, she used to play this game called boat. You know, and they would pretend they were all in a boat and <laughs> what they were doing you know, when they were kids. And she would play it with our kids and. You know, so it's like we're in, we're in a we're in a boat and uh, we're sailing in a new direction here. Uh, so I think it's going to be uh, certainly a different kind of adventure than most of us are used to. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that while we are all tired of screen time, I think the <laughs> the energy of seeing some people's faces, being able to ask them questions, absolutely. Uh, having a mix of live and recorded content and uh, conversations that we can have Q and A's and things like that in a live environment. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be invigorating and it will also pull a lot more of our community in together uh, to be part of those conversations. I, I'm excited. I, I know that many of my colleagues who had originally said uh, that they weren't going to be able to attend. Uh, full disclosure, the Canadian dollar to your dollar is a, quite a deterrent. <laughs> I get it. Right? But but now this is an amazing opportunity because I, I know many colleagues locally who will are, are looking forward to the virtual convention, and it's, it's far more feasible. Now, I wanted to know, uh, are... After the convention is over, are people still able to view the presentations? Yes, we're we are recording everything just mm -hmm. as we would for a live conference, and all of those recordings will be put in the live learning center that we have. And those who register for the conference will get access to that for several months after they're put up, mm -hmm. just like we've been doing for the last few live conferences. Great. So that's, uh, you know, it's a benefit and an opportunity for, of course, people to go back, either watch things they weren't able to watch during that week mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, or review content that they, ah, I forgot what, what so-and-so said. Let me go back and check that out again before I use it in the studio. That's fantastic. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be, uh, we're we're trying to structure the conference to have as much of the flavor of our live conference as we can bring to it in mm -hmm. this format. Um, so I, th I think there'll be some pleasant surprises, hopefully, um, for people. You know, yes, we're going to sing Andy Musique. Uh, <laughs> you know, yes, we're going to sing the Canadian national anthem and. The, <laughs> And the U.S. national anthem, you know. So oh, working on that, you know, some things like that that people expect sure, you know, when, sure. when they come to a NATS conference. So now, what what percentage of um, recorded uh, presentations to live presentations? I mean, I know you don't have all the details quite yet, but yeah. what are we looking at for how many people are presenting live and? Well, we're uh, we're most of the breakout sessions, not all, but a majority of the breakout sessions will be pre-recorded. Okay. We will have um, 
And what we will be doing is drop. So, you know, if you if you're familiar with the old schedule at the live conference, we have a certain number of breakouts, about 15 or so every day. Mm-hmm. And so we will still every day activate the breakouts that are were scheduled for that day. And what we'll be doing in the evening uh, is having a dedicated Q&A hour so that all the all the breakout presenters will come and they'll be paired up in Zoom rooms and people can, oh, I watched so-and-so's session and I've got, I've just got to ask this question, burning question I have from what they discussed. They can go in the Zoom room and they can ask it and it'll be live and it'll be, you know, back and forth conversation between the actual presenters and the attendees who have Brilliant. questions, conversation about that. So we don't want to, you know, we want to keep that connection that, that people can have to the presenters that's so important. Is the virtual convention, is it through the Nats website or will there be a, a separate website kind of portal that people will visit? Those who have come to Nats conferences the last few times know we've used Guidebook, the Guidebook app, which was uh, an app that had all our program on it. You could choose sessions you wanted to go, kind of build your own schedule. It would remind you Mm. 10 minutes before the session, don't forget you're going to this session right now. Uh, And we already had most of that built for the live conference. So we're just reorganizing it for Mm -hmm. the new schedule. And we're still gonna use that. And one of the added benefits is that Guidebook has recently come out with a desktop app for oh, guidebook beautiful. so um so no matter whether you want to access it on a mobile device or a tablet or you want to you know access it from the web on your desktop computer you can access the schedule and you can build your own little schedule for the week of the things you don't want to miss uh and it'll you know remind you of those things you can make comments about sessions uh you can rate sessions you can There'll be social media aspects connected in with guidebook uh, that you can comment on. And of course, we'll have connections to the vendors that we normally have at the conference Mm -hmm. uh, and our sponsors and all those kind of things. So um, we're really going to use that as the portal for the most part, because uh, what we will have is every session basically will have some kind of link associated with it in the description. So if, you know, if you're going to a recorded session, there'll be a link to get to that. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a live stream session, there'll be a link that tells you where to go for that. And And it will will remind you as the day goes on kind of thing. Right. And we're going to, as we've outlined things now, um, we're we're cognizant of the time zones that we're mm. primarily dealing with mm-hmm. America. So we're not going to begin any live session before 11 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. So that our West Coast folks don't have to get uh, <laughs> up, you know, before the crack of dawn uh, to partake. Uh, besides, we don't want to hear him sing Andy music at that early hour anyway. <laughs> so um, 
That's very thoughtful. So, very well done. <laughs> yeah. So we will we're we're structuring it the days so that uh, the first thing we have is some kind of plenary session, which will mm -hmm. probably be a live streamed event. Mm -hmm. um, that might take place from eleven ish to one ish, kind of in that time frame. Right. And then we're always used to enjoying publisher showcases and things from some of our vendors and sponsors. So we will follow that session with one or two of those, depending on the day and the time slots. And then in the afternoon, people will have choices. They might want to watch some breakouts at their leisure. Uh, there might, there are some special things we do like the Nats intern program union, uh, snatch chapter gatherings, uh, some of those kind of things that involve different different segments mm -hmm. uh, of our membership. Uh, and then we'll come back in the late afternoon, early evening, Eastern time for another plenary session. And then that would be followed by that Q&A hour in which we would be able to, uh, you know, gather with the breakout presenters and some other presenters and kind of ply them with our deepest questions. Uh, and. <laughs> Uh, stump, stump the chump, as we might say. Oh, I love sometimes, it. Sometimes, right? As they would <laughs> say on, on the radio. Uh, and so, um, and then, you know, we have some other events. Some of our, a few of our breakouts uh, will be live events. And we also have some events that might be partially live with recorded segments and that kind of mix. Uh, and so we're, we're really tapping into the creativity of the presenters to uh, create their content in, in a method that works for them as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, you know, while, while we hope they won't go over the time limit we, we previously had, there's also the opportunity for them to compact their information into a shorter time period. Uh, I know from speaking at a lot of events, I always build in time for those people that just can't wait till the end and have to interrupt me in the middle of my presentation <laughs> for a clarification and, you know, things like that, that take up time. Uh, and so we really want to be cognizant of that uh, when we're, you know, preparing our presentations and, you know, get the most bang for our buck and pack it all in. Because also if we're recording it, we don't have to rely on, moving back a slide because somebody didn't get something that ah, was two slides before. Very good. They very can good. just rewind it. Mm -hmm. I can listen to it. Uh, so, and we'll have, uh, you know, the, in the guidebook app, we can also attach handouts that people might have, oh, PowerPoint wonderful. presentations that they might offer. So, so it'll all be hopefully packaged well in that environment. And I think another aspect, uh, you know, important aspect of the virtual conferences that we're, because of this format, we're going to be spreading out the pre-conference workshops that we normally all have at the same time. So people can only choose one. I and wanted to ask those are you gonna about be that. All, all in, yeah, so those are all going to be in a live, live formats with our presenters. And so we've spread those out. Uh, we we extended the day, days of the conference by two mm -hmm. and those first two days, the 24th and the 25th, 
are days that we have programmed the pre-conference workshops. And so those who choose to go, and now that they're spread out, if people have more than one topic they're interested in, they can choose to do that as well. So uh, I think our workshop presenters are up to the task and they're <laughs> feverishly talking among themselves about you know how they wanna uh, make things work uh, for their topic. And so I'm, I was really um, pleased in our community that those who, you know, were already on the program is really near. I mean, I would say there's not a single person that didn't want to do it in the virtual format. Mm -hmm. um, there are just a, a few complications with a few topics, particularly some of the performance-based things that were requiring people to come, you know, they were planning to come from great distances to meet together to perform, uh, or some of the things that were being performed had never been recorded, never been, you know, they were new, they, and so they couldn't even draw on recordings that they, they had made and and reformat their presentation. And so we've, we've committed to all of those who, who we can that we will you know, find places to program their sessions in the future, whether it's at a work winter workshop, summer workshop, or maybe as far as the next conference, if that's what needs to happen. Of course, of course. It's it's nice. I think that with spacing things out and and having it virtually, I know that when I've been at conventions, it's always the fear of missing out. There's always so many things going on and you can only do so much and then you burn yourself out because you've, you've just filled your day too much. But now we have this opportunity to, in the comfort of our homes, to, to take in more than what we possibly could have if we were, if we were there and I think I think that's an amazing opportunity, and 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 thanks to all the the presenters who are working so hard to transform their presentations to a virtual platform. Um, I that's I think that's really exciting. I think well, I think most of us, uh, uh, say a majority of <laughs> of us, have learned a lot in the last eight weeks <laughs> about. Our technical abilities, mm -hmm. um, our aversion to whatever we were averted to, but were forced to confront about ourselves or about uh, what technology can or cannot do, um, and and that has probably been a positive uh, as an entree to having to do a virtual conference. Uh, you know, if I had said this last year, oh, we're not going to have a live conference. We're just, you know, people would have probably run me out of town. Uh, <laughs> it's true. You know, it's uh, we, you know, have this opportunity to try out a lot of things that we would have never even considered before. Can I can I ask you uh, some personal questions? Of course. Okay. So, have you did you trans did you transition to online lessons for your students? I did. Uh, we were, you know, I teach at the university, so we were, and I do have a few private students as well. But um, we transitioned after our spring break mm -hmm. 
we had an extra week of spring break and that was our week to make the transition. And then we, we taught for the last five to six weeks online mm -hmm. uh, lessons. And I, I teach foreign language diction. So I taught foreign language diction online. And uh, so, you know, uh, I, uh, I obviously, I think most of us at least all had the advantage of having had live lessons with our students, mm -hmm. those of us who hadn't taught online before. So we had that oral memory and our mind that uh, carried us over into the online experience of being able most of the time to translate what we were seeing through technology to what we know our students sound like. Mm -hmm. um, and, and kind of our brain replaced <laughs> some of the, what, what, what we weren't hearing uh, coming through our computer. What was your biggest challenge uh, for you and your students when you went to the online lesson? Um, I think, you know, the sound is an issue once we kind of got all the, you know, settings set on, I, I, I ended up using Zoom primarily for mm -hmm. my teaching. Um, it just seemed to work best for my environment. I, I tried several things out and I, I did not have time to invest due to all the other things I was doing mm -hmm. in maybe something that was more challenging, uh, but might have served me better for one purpose or another. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I opted for, for Zoom, as did most of my colleagues, I think. Uh, and uh, so, you know, the first week I taught just, you know, with the mic on my computer and my students did as well. And then I got got me a trusty, uh, you know, blue mic. Oh, those and, are great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, got me a ring light, those kind of things. So uh, I could, you know, they could see me better, uh, those kind of things. So uh, and that, you know, it boosted things, certainly. And mm -hmm. um, so it I wouldn't say it was a painful transition for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the things that I've heard from a lot of colleagues and I certainly experienced it myself is um, it real uh, having to transition to this uh, really uh, laid bare some of the disparities that exist among our students mm. and their access to technology at home mm -hmm. or lack thereof, mm -hmm. um, their access to, um, you know, quality technology sure. other than their phone. Right. Um, and, you know, and even of course the understanding that exists in the place where they live as to the kinds of things they need to be doing uh, in order to be successful, uh, you know, educationally for the rest oh. of the semester in a, in a different environment. Thank you for bringing you know, that up. Negotiating was... when mom and yeah, you know, when mom and dad are also working from home and they've got conferences and you're wailing away in a voice lesson, <laughs> uh, that, that creates different kind of conflict yes. uh, than we're used to. So, 
you know, it, it takes understanding. It takes flex- flexibility for sure. Mm. You know, we, I changed some lesson times with students. Um, <laughs> but, of course, uh, you know, the other thing we rejoice in is that it's amazing how many things you can get done uh, on a Zoom meeting rather than ad nauseum sitting in a room talking and talking. (laughs) I love that. That's a good point. My husband had a church meeting, uh, Zoom meeting, just before our interview, and he said, you know, it's really nice. They're so much shorter, but I do miss the pie. So (laughs) apparently they always had pie at at the church praise meetings, so... But he does appreciate the more concise meetings and nobody wants to, you know, hang out online that long. So that's a good point. I, I know it, it was harder for, you know, it was certainly harder for a lot of people who were not as technologically, uh, I don't want you to call it adept as I am, but uh, I've, it's just one of the things that I've always uh kind of stayed on top of, mm-hmm. you know, for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was talking to someone recently and they don't, not a lot of people know this, but um, early in my teaching career, my second uh, university position, uh, I was one of the early people that did research about teaching, uh, conducting over teleconference Oh, um, wow. Using te- teleconference technology. <laughs> and this is like in the early 90s, well, mid-90s. So, um, you know, just at the time when things were even being thought about that we were doing today, I mean, as, on a widespread basis. Wow. And when teleconferencing was new and <laughs> we would talk about things like T- T1 lines and do you have a T1 line or do you have a modem, you know? And uh, so, yeah, we did some experimentation. Uh, my, my mother happened to work for Bell South, which is one of the big telephone companies at the time in the South. And so, uh, yeah, they, they were doing a lot of rural technology build out in rural areas in Tennessee. And so they had this amazing setup in this brand new office tower in downtown Nashville. And so we went, we went there to their conference room and then we connected up uh, my friend who conducted at the time at the university of Tennessee and my colleague at Austin P and, and I was in one place and we did all kinds of experiments. And talk about latency. Oh, um, I was going to ask you, how, how was the latency? What was the hang time? <laughs> it was, we were hanging out. <laughs> and uh, the ictus was long, the- as we might say in Kentucky. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, I want to... So- <laughs> so you were at the beginning of all of this. You, you, you saw it coming. Well, I don't know if I saw it coming, but... Uh, you know, it was, it was always fascinating to me. And when my mother was involved in all of this, I just kept discussing with her, well, I wonder if we could do this. And, you know, so we got to talking about it and just the opportunity to present itself to try it out. And I actually had an article published in Coral Journal about the experience that we did. And, uh, so that, you know, and that's piqued some interest among some of my colleagues and, some others from uh, 
graduate school and things like that about, well, what are the possibilities? And uh, so, you know, it, it just kind of grew from there. At least my, my interest in technology has always been uh, strong, I think. Well, I, uh, I'm thankful that uh, that you've led us through this at this time. Now, I wanted to go back to our, our upcoming virtual convention. Um, what is what are the costs now for attending if you register? Yeah, so uh, we uh, have set the uh, cost for attendance uh, and registration. Uh, for Nats members, it's seventy-five dollars in celebration of Nats's seventy-fifth anniversary. Wow! Um, so, you know, quite inexpensive compared to what we normally would pay to go to a conference. And for somebody uh, who who might not have known, how much was the in-person conference? Yeah, it was over three hundred dollars. I mean, right. for your base, you know, registration fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you know. Often people added on things mm-hmm. as well. So, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, a major part of every conference, live conference is facilities and food and beverage. Of course. Of which we have zero uh, and the virtual conference, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're able to certainly trim back our expenses and pass that on to our attendees mm-hmm. uh, because we we are not in the conference business at Nats to uh, you know make tons of money for mm-hmm. Nats that's not about uh, and so it makes it uh, affordable in this format for us to do that um, we have a hundred and ninety five dollar registration fee for non Nats members mm-hmm. however that includes uh, a year and a half membership in Nats. So, oh wow! Okay. Um, if they register for the conference and they're not a Nats member, uh, they get free Nats membership for a year and a half to the end of 2021. Nice. Uh, so, um, and they would once they register, they'll they will get a subsequent email that directs them to fill out the membership application uh, and and all of that so that that part of the membership gets taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are, uh, you know, the primary uh, fees for registration. We also have uh, a student membership in Nats, and if people are already student members, they, they can come for zero. Uh, and oh. if they're not a student member, wow. then uh, they can come for $46 which also gets them student membership for a year and a half, just the same as the non-NATS members. And uh, so I think both of those non-member opportunities are, are real values mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. those. And certainly we hope that uh, by becoming a NATS member and attending the conference that you will you know, get in the groove with Nats and understand and get a flavor for what's going on in Nats and the resources we have to offer our community uh, and, you know, and get more involved in the Nats activities, whether they're in your local area or regionally or nationally. 
Wonderful. Now, I wanted to, I meant to ask you prior, um, what, it, what it's going to happen with the student competitions? Yes. Well, you will be, I don't think we've even really announced this, but we had a record uh, registration for the National Student Auditions oh, with um, over 750 uh, submissions, which is well above our highest number we've had since we've been doing the National Student Auditions. Uh, and so those are all just starting their adjudications uh, now, and wow. uh, they will work through the process, and we will be having a live um, announcement of the finalists, and the uh, NSA committee is working on that, but that will definitely be a part of one afternoon of our conference. We'll be a kind of live streaming the announcement of the winners and uh, in most cases playing at one of their selected video, the, the video that they selected as the one they would want to be played if they were a prize winner. Wonderful. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a great opportunity uh, to kind of bring the excitement of all the students that, that uh, are singing in the NSA mm -hmm. uh, and, and recognize them. And of course, we'll still be giving out the prizes and sending them checks and uh, all those kind of things. So, um, I'm really appreciative. Mark McQuaid, who's coordinates our is our auditions coordinator for Nats, is uh, just an amazing individual. Um, super organized, along with uh, Dan Johnson Wilmot and our vice president for auditions, Diana Allen, and uh, they're they're a trio that really is making this all happen, and they're very creative and figuring it all out. And so I'm really excited to have them, you know, be leading that aspect of our conference. And it's so it's such an important part of, of our conference mm -hmm. that we wanted to make sure it was a special event. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm so glad that that's still part of it. That's excellent. Now, um, I wanted to ask you uh, your opinion uh, to somebody who's listening who perhaps has never been to a convention, but now this virtual convention has opened up. It's far more feasible and lots of amazing learning opportunities, uh, but they're a little overwhelmed. Where should they start? Where, what would you recommend? Where, where should they, what should they do? Register first okay. <laughs> and go to the website, of course, and look it over. And uh, we're still, we're still rebuilding the schedule, but okay. what I, uh, we still have the actual schedule from the Knoxville conference up. Mm -hmm. We've not taken that down. Okay. And so, you know, they, anybody can go peruse that schedule that was so nicely laid out and, <laughs> um, and all the descriptions and everything. And, uh, we're, we're reformatting that for the new virtual conference page. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, but that gives them a flavor of, you know, a lot of the things they're going to see and hear at the mm -hmm. conference. Um, and as soon as we have the guidebook reformatted, uh, that's, that's free for anybody to download. You know, it's a free app, uh, and free access. Um, and that allows you to kind of download it and peruse through it and look at the things you really think you might want to do. Um, and start kind of building a schedule of the things that are really interesting to you. 
um, and start kind of planning out your week uh, around other commitments you might have uh, and uh, and plan to be, you know, active. And the most important thing, I think all of us who uh, go to the live conferences that we value is the conversation, the networking, uh, the, you know, deep conversation we can get in, the fun conversations we can have on the side uh, and, and all of that. And so we, we do want to try to provide a lot of that conversational opportunity in the online formats and the forum formats. So, uh, you know, find ways to get engaged in conversation with, uh, with, with colleagues who you may know from, you know, past lives or maybe new to you, Mm -hmm. uh, and jump in and, you know, Sometimes we have little rumbles out in the hallway where people get to talking about, you know, source filters and formants <laughs> and other kinds of things like that. And then the other corner, we got people talking about studio policies and uh, and all of that. And then we got people over here talking about pricing models and all those kind of things. So you know, it, it's uh, it's quite an eclectic group of conversations that go on. But there's something for everyone. Beautiful. And uh, and just kind of have to find, find your little niche and, uh, and really just geek out on it a little bit. I love it. Geek out on it. I love it. I love it. Um, I wanted to, I wanted just to thank you. Um, we talked a little bit about bef- this before we started recording, but I wanted to thank you for your leadership. I have to say that, uh, between the emergency, uh, webinars about, transitioning to online lessons and recently uh the webinar about the future of singing in covid times uh nats has really uh supported its members and i i personally would like to thank you for your leadership and for offering all of these resources and getting them out to people very quickly um so i i that's a personal thank you from me and and especially that the the webinar that you did just the other night it was so important um and uh i mean the response was incredible it's been watched how many times now yeah probably by now over thirty thousand times it's been viewed on youtube today alone Mm because it didn't go up till you know around 11 last night so Mm -hmm. uh it really has uh, resonated uh, in a, in a lot of ways with a lot of people, and uh, I think those of us who gathered, and I'm really grateful to my colleagues at the other organizations who helped me in organizing this. Uh, that uh, the you know the, one of our 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 main feeling was that it's really important to hear from the direct sources about the science and some of the things that we're facing, uh, not only our microcosm of, of the world, but the greater world as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all have a, a piece and a part to play in, uh, in the eventual solutions that come forth. And some of those are global and some of them are very specific to our industry and the things we want to do and need to do to fulfill ourselves and to make a living uh, for ourselves. Right. And uh, 
so how do we how do we ensure that we really are hearing the right data in the day in which you know the day and time in which we live? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we were really fortunate to have Dr. Milton available to come on and and provide some really excellent data. And today we were able to put up all of the uh, all the printed resources, all the PowerPoints, Dr. Milton's PowerPoint and all of that uh, on our website, on the COVID page, um, so that people who really wanna pour over some of the data and some of the PowerPoint slides that were presented can you know, can really take the time and look at those and go back and listen to certain points and, uh, and really understand some of the data and how important it is for all of us. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, I, I think a lot of people made comments like it was sobering. It was, uh, but also there were comments uh, that I was heartened by, you know, I really knew this was probably the way it was, but it's really nice to have somebody of that stature tell me, it, tell yeah. me about it and yeah. me not have to rely on somebody who told somebody who read some article somewhere mm-hmm. that was uh, written by someone. So it, uh, it, it was important that we could have the, the conversation we had and it's really just the beginning of a lot more conversations. I think we will have, you know, mm-hmm. before, uh, early on our efforts at, you know, providing resources really were triage. Uh, how, how can I switch next week to teaching online? Of course. My voice studio, mm-hmm. how can I teach my pedagogy class or whatever class I have to teach, uh, or my group voice lesson or, mm-hmm. uh, my studio class online. How am I going to do that? What, you know, give me some tips, what, you know, et cetera. Right. Uh, and then, you know, we were able to move a little bit because early on, I certainly identified that, you know, the mental health aspects of things that we were going to have to deal with in this pandemic, were going to be, monumental mm-hmm. uh, and they have proven to be in many respects. And so we transitioned to really uh, trying to provide some resources, both for teachers and students and performers and try to pre- represent as many perspectives as we could and provide some mental health resources for how to cope and deal with the times in which we uh, are living. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and then you know, we began to think forward to what might things look like in the future, what we don't know what the fall is going to look like. We we really don't for many of us. And uh, I think it's going to be another five or six weeks before most of the institutions really have a solid picture of what, what the landscape is going to look like for them. And it's going to be different. Mm-hmm or different institutions uh, based on their resources and their setting uh, and, you know, where in the country they are relative to where the pandemic is, whether it's hot or cold or in between. Uh, And so I think that's where the, you know, I see the conversations continuing really now that we have the science on the table, Mm -hmm. we can begin to, talk about solutions and talk about 
where does where does this lead us um, for the near term? And I and I I pointed out to several people the most important two words in the title of last night's uh, session are near term, mm. uh, and a you know this is not forever. Right. I don't and I don't think any of us think this is forever. No. Uh, we we will get back to some sense of normalcy. Uh, we will have um, a new perspective probably when we are able to return to that uh, sense of normalcy mm -hmm. and hopefully in a, a greater appreciation perhaps for uh, some of the uh, freedoms and things that we enjoyed uh, pre this crisis. Uh, and so uh, the, the, the trick is what, what, can we do between now and then? And right. yes, the timeline may change. Uh, it may shorten. It may lengthen. But if we're if we're equipped with some tools and some options, then we can better chart a course forward for for ourselves individually and all the ways in which we interact with music, whether it's in our church setting or in our private studio or as performers ourselves, as gigging, gigging musicians. Um, you know, we, we have, we're fortunate that we have all of that and more represented within Nats. And, uh, and so it's so important that we, we recognize the many settings in which we exist. Mm. Well put, well put. Thank you. I, I want to thank you for, uh, your conversation today and, and, for inspiring everyone to look forward to uh, continued learning and to, uh, in, the, in the way that we can right now, connecting with our colleagues um, and celebrating what we do. Uh, I, I want to thank you. I will put links on our podcast uh, to the virtual convention, and I I'll also put a, a separate link for the COVID resources. I think that's a wonderful page, lots of great information. And I, again, I want to thank you for, I know you're a busy man. I want to thank you for coming on and, and telling everybody about the, the convention and for leading everybody through this very scary time. And, uh, and just for, for being a voice of, of looking ahead to better days and, and, and keeping everybody on track. Thank you for that, Alan. Oh, I'm happy to. And um, we will. We'll get there. And, uh, <laughs> I'm confident uh, that I think our community is just so creative and mm. resourceful and uh, problem solvers. You know, we've we've uh, we've dealt uh, dove deep into the inner workings of the vocal folds and the science of that and how we can apply that to everyday <laughs> use. Uh, you know, we can do the same with, with the everyday situation that we're, we're in right now. Well put. You know, <laughs> something we can do. And we'll have some surprises, I think, at the conference as well. We're gonna, we mm -hmm. are going to have some new content that hopefully will provide some resources for people uh, in the times that we are that uh, now that that is an an actuality, you know, we want to make sure we provide some of that content as well. So, mm -hmm. so stay tuned for additions to the program as well. Oh, that's exciting! Thank you. That's wonderful. 
A very special thank you to Alan for joining us on the podcast. Now, the National Conference is from June 24th to the 30th. Registration is now open. Please take advantage of this wonderful professional development opportunity. You can find direct links to the registration page on our show notes and on our podcast page. Please visit our website for more fun resources and don't be afraid to sign up for our newsletter so you can keep in touch. As always, I am wishing you inspired teaching and happy singing. May my canoe music. Canoe music.ca